KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. So many of us are working from home in the midst of this pandemic, with many people enjoying a lot more flexibility with regards to when they work as well. So once the pandemic is over, and yes, it will one day be over, will these changes stick around? Do we appreciate how big a societal change we are in the middle of, or we could be in the middle of, with regards to work? Lots to talk about on this front, so we reached out to Jennifer Rossi Long. She is the Senior Director of Westchester University's Port Career Development Center. Really interesting conversation. Give a listen. Do you think office work has changed forever, even once the pandemic's over? Uh, Have we seen this as kind of an inflection point of how offices are going to operate going forward? I think so. I I think that so much of that um, is going to depend on the industry and really the, the nature of the work. But Assuming that it is a good fit given the job function, um, yes, I do think that there are going to be some changes that we're going to see. We'll absolutely see a wealth of ideas and models that are tested over the next few months and years. So I think we're going to see a lot of data coming out of that. But ultimately, um, I think that probably the most successful models are going to be able to provide options, right? They're going to allow their employees to determine, you know, the best fit just given their individual circumstances rather than trying to implement a one-size-fits-all model, right? We're, we're all remote or we're all back in person and business as usual. I, I just think that, that that's where they're going to see the, the most success. I think that's what the workforce is asking for and looking for. I think that feels a little overwhelming when you think about tackling that. But at the foundation, it's really, it's these two components, right? Is, is the work getting done and is the employee satisfied? Because both of those objectives have to be met. So if the, if the organization's retaining their talent and those employees are happy and their goals and objectives are being met, that's all interdependent. And that's, I think, where they're going to see success with something like this. Do you think we will see more of the change in the idea of working from home on a more permanent basis or on the idea of a quote-unquote, eight-hour workday. Yeah, I think... um, And when I say eight-hour workday, I mean, like, nine to five. Like, you're expected to be available nine to five. Or would it be more, to your point of, the work just gets done, we're not going to put a... You're working today, and as long as X, Y, and Z gets done, it's up to you on how it gets done. I think we're going to see a little bit of both. I mean, I think there's plenty of pre-pandemic data that points to the fact that, you know, one of the highest factors contributing to employee satisfaction and productivity is this autonomy, is this flexibility. And in some studies, that ranked even higher than salary. So that that's not insignificant. So I, I think that we'll see a little bit of both. I think that employers will have an easier time implementing a remote work policy than they do a flexible work policy just because of some of the other things that would need to be in place. But, you know, as it relates to the, the remote work or flexible time, we now know on a very, very large scale that this isn't just an option when there are no other options, or it's not just an option that be that can be considered a luxury. This is something that could actually be sustained and, and more widely utilized. 
Um, and, and really, some companies have already vowed to do that. I mean, you you look at some of the the tech companies. I, I feel like I'm seeing a, a lot from them. Your Facebooks, Twitters, Googles, that have already said we're going remote. Or yeah, I think it was Facebook that said 50% of their workforce would be remote over the next like seven to 10 years. So they're looking at either doing that immediately or phasing that in. But even regionally, there are folks that are being notified that they're now permanently remote. And in some spaces, in some uh, cases that their office space is going up for sale. So it's not just happening in Silicon Valley or the large cities. It's, it's even happening regionally too. Do we, do you think we appreciate how big a change we're in the midst of? Because this is going to, you talk about like, you know, real estate and stuff like that. This could almost be like a, a, game changers society wise, couldn't it? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the folks that are studying it understand um, where we are and what a game changer it could be. Someone who's experiencing it right now might have an idea that there are changes coming or might see some of those changes slowly being implemented within their organizations. But like I said, we're going to see so many different models that we're going to be testing and we're going to be studying and looking at really closely um, over the next few years. And and I don't know that we could fully understand the impact or the possibility until we get further into it, particularly post-pandemic when you could go back to what you considered normal, but should you go back to what you considered normal? Focusing on the idea of flexible scheduling, what do you see as the biggest upsides. I know for me, one of the things I never thought about it and it was till I was in the the moment of like being able to go to the dentist or being able to go for a wellness appointment at the doctor. And usually I would commute to the city. So my day would start at like basically seven and end at six 30 between you throw in the commute and all. So I would have a little window. The dentist was open like every third Monday in the evening. And I had the, and all of a sudden you realized, no, nah, I can just take an hour, go to the dentist anytime. I mean, stuff like that's really big. It seems kind of silly, but when you kind of pile all those little things on top of each other that now you can do more freely, that's really big. It is really big. I mean, I think that's a game changer. I, you know, I, I'll add that with the warning label that, you know, I'm a millennial and there's a lot of data out there on the millennial generation and and they've really been asking for this, you know, wanting control over their day um, and, and thriving in a situation, in a situation where they've now been afforded exactly what they wanted. There was a, I, there was a Gallup poll or um, some Gallup research that I, I liked how they put it. They said that last March, in one fell swoop, business conformed itself to the millennial way. And that's really exactly what what happened. It's this concept of not only the flexible workday, but the flexibility of not calling it working from home, but working from anywhere, right? Um, Giving someone the opportunity to work from a park bench, their favorite coffee shop, their home, anywhere, virtually anywhere, as long as the work is getting done. Um, this is this is the millennial way. And, you know, when you look at satisfaction and productivity levels, millennials are rising in both of those areas. But we're also seeing positive impacts on Gen X and the baby boomers, just not to the extent to which we're seeing it with millennials. And I think that's 
all comes back to your point because there's other things that that we can build into the day and and that we can integrate that that make things just that little bit easier and take that that little bit off of your plate in terms of the logistics of typically scheduling something like a, a dentist appointment. I, I mean, I also think you know autonomy is empowering and there's a direct correlation there to employee satisfaction. So giving someone that autonomy is is certainly helpful. I also think though, you know, we could take a look at, obviously there there are benefits to the worker, but also to the employer to implement something like this. So something like this can can improve employee retention. It can help you with attracting talent to your organization. It can become a very competitive benefit that you offer. We know it's increasing productivity. It increases job satisfaction, right? There are just, there are all of these um, benefits that could come from it. I also kind of feel like it, it lends itself nicely to what is the opportunity gap when you look at workforce development. So not the skills gap, but the opportunity gap, like where might we be able to continue to connect people to opportunities in a remote and more flexible environment, you can attract talent from anywhere in the country. Um, and for some of those job seekers, that would be really, that that would be a, a game changer again, because they may be in areas where the job market or their prospects are not great. Um, but being able to accept a position in a place where you typically have to relocate when maybe that wasn't an option, not only helps that organization with their talent needs, that individual with their own goals, but also the community in which they're living. So there's a really great economic impact that I think ripples out farther than just the benefit to the individual. You kind of touched on this earlier, you know, talking about flexibility, uh, you know, kind of almost being above salary in some cases with the importance. Do you see this really, I would imagine there's going to be a lot of companies that are going to use this as a big carrot going forward to say, listen, come work for us and you set your days, you come in when you want to come in, stuff like that. Uh, and I would imagine, you know, people like to say, let the free market decide. And I would imagine that if enough places start doing that, you're going to see that force maybe some companies that don't want to do it because they're going to be losing people to similar jobs or maybe even different jobs, but just where people have that autonomy, right? I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw this, we've seen this play out in other areas of attracting talent. So again, I'll, I'll use the tech giants because um, that's an, an example that a lot of people are familiar with, but you know, when, when they started um, putting services on site for their employees, like dry cleaning, sometimes in some cases daycare, like other services that, that people need and that add to the logistics of their day, when they started making that more available, when they started putting ping pong tables and other fun things uh, like recreational items into their office spaces, you then saw other companies try to follow suit because they were competing. They were trying to keep up and they were trying to ensure that the Googles of the world weren't just taking all of the, the top talent, that they had a, a fair share at that. It's the same concept as, you know, a campus investing in their recreational spaces and their residence halls, right? Like those are the things that are attracting students in the way that these other things are attracting talent. So I do see this, particularly as the the millennial generation is the the largest one in the workforce right now and with Gen Z coming up behind. Yeah, I I do see this as probably a a necessary, 
necessary benefit for those that, that can reasonably do it. Don't want to paint this as being all sunshine and rainbows. Is there a concern about the firewall between home and work dissolving where you're never because of this and because maybe you're scheduling something at four in the afternoon and then something else at seven thirty, and where you can never com- quite unplug completely. You don't have that ability to compartmentalize uh, where the office is the office and home is home. Is that a concern on the other end? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think there's, there's something symbolic about that end of the day, leaving a space and going to another space or utilizing a commute time to either decompress or to switch tracks from your work life to your home life. So uh, yeah, that, that is a concern, but I think it also depends on the person. Um, and again, on, on the generation and, and um, what somebody's looking for, but someone might be okay with, you know, trading the fact that they could take their dog to the dog park at two o'clock in the afternoon, knowing that at seven o'clock at night, they're going to be back on, on making up that, that work. So if someone's still putting in the hours and they're getting the work done, it's just going to look different than that traditional schedule and model, which will certainly take some getting used to, um, even after having going through this, having gone through this period of, of time, that'll take some getting used to by both the individual, because now we're looking at it not just in the short term, but really long term, this could be your schedule and your, your work life. And those are very much blended. Yeah. Over a longer period of time. I, interestingly, I, I heard at one point that people were adopting these fake commutes. So whether in the morning, you know, they're driving to their favorite coffee shop and then coming back, or they're just going for a 10 minute walk around the block just to kind of feel that, that normalcy of the routine. So well, that's a small thing. I think that we'll probably start to see more, you know, 10 ways to, you know, make sure that you're finding balance or those types of data points. I think we're going to see more and more now. Another interesting aspect of this, you know, we talk about work from home and there are a lot of people that face a lot of challenges trying to juggle everything because maybe the childcare place isn't open anymore or the kids are home from school and they're hybrid schooling and all it's it faces it gives people incredible challenges right now but looking ahead post-pandemic once things have settled down into at least something close to normalcy could that make work from home even more attractive because maybe people now that are you know tearing their hair out all of a sudden will be able to kind of plug back into a lot of the things that that help them out and be able to focus on on work and and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah. I I think if if someone is evaluating for themselves in the moment, if, you know, a more flexible schedule or remote work is the right fit for them, I think that would be challenging if they have these other factors in their lives, right? They're caring for someone. They're balancing childcare or schooling, health, anxiety, all of the things that are coming with the pandemic. But at some point we will be post-pandemic and for many or for some that those factors won't still be there, right? Like schools will reopen and healthcare, you know, healthcare facilities will be more accessible without the fear of, you know, what's happening with the pandemic. So I think that once we get beyond this particular point, it'll be much easier for employees to evaluate, is this the right fit 
for them, minus all of the things that are happening in the background. You kind of referenced this before when we talked about, like, if we understood the moment, how big the, the moment we were in. You know, we're one of the things we've seen in the last several years is there is such the, you know, almost urban-rural divide. I mean, it's looked at through politics, but it's everything. In a way, and I don't want to paint with too broad a brush on this, but couldn't this help uh, dig into that a little bit just because, to your point, you can live – you know, you, in theory, if it's the right type of job, you could live three, four hundred miles away from the, the company mm-hmm. and you might see people be able to pursue things they'd never pursue. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, maybe some like top law firms or top information security, they can dig into places that they've never been. And, and you have people uh, doing things, getting opportunities that they wouldn't have been able to do before when everything was specifically just on site. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's what I was getting at before. So I, you know, I, I agree with that. There are advantages to that. There are certainly disadvantages to that too, because none of this is perfect. There, there's no perfect um, solution or path forward here, but I, you know, could that then make those jobs um, more competitive, right? Because you might see a, a greater, applicant pool nationally than you may have seen before, again, depending on the organization. The other interesting thing related to this, and I I do think that some employers, again, this is going back into into tech, one of the other potentially negative implications of that is if an employee, I I think it was, I think this was uh, Twitter that may have announced this, if they have an employee that's going to be relocating, so they were in within commutable distance, um, now they're going to be relocating to a place with a lower cost of living, we'll say Denver, that they could expect to receive a pay cut based on that, which is very interesting, right? So as with anything, there are these benefits with the employer having more access to talent they wouldn't have normally had access to and job seekers having access to more opportunity. And then there are those disadvantages of potentially looking to cut someone's pay because of that cost of living that's factored in or the competitiveness of some of the open jobs. And I'd like to kind of end, like we looked at, we started looking at the big picture. Like, have we ever experienced anything like this? I mean, is this in a way kind of its own little, in, like we go back to the industrial revolution where it's just this massive change in society, uh, you know, kind of like that changed things forever. Could this, could we be looking at this? It's changed things forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think that we've seen things like this happen before and your example was a good one with the industrial revolution, but I think what is accelerating this for us, I I, I feel like we were in some ways on this path, right? We've been talking about flexible work and working from home for a very long time now, we were accelerated out of necessity. Um, so, you know, perhaps that that had to happen. It's just unfortunate how it had to happen. But I also think that technology is accelerating us in that case as well. So while I think that we have seen examples of this happening before in society completely changing, the rate of change feels that much faster, which I would attribute to both the pandemic, but also largely the technology, just the ability to be able to do this. Because so many of us in March that that had to switch to remote and that our jobs allowed us to switch to remote, 
were only able to do so in a matter of a week or two because of the technology that was already in place. There was no running to catch up in that particular area. So that I think is the the differentiator here. And my final, final question, when it's all laid out and we looked at the positives, we looked at the negative, I feel like this is a much more a positive overall. It'll end up being than it is a negative. Would you agree? I would agree. I I would. Yeah, I would. I I do think, again, we've been talking about this for a long time. And so I think that we were ready for this change. I think that this change centers and places focus on employees' well-being and employees' interests in terms of how they want to live their life and how they want to live their work life. And I think that that's refreshing. So yes, I, I do overall see this as something that will be positive, will have a lot a lot of positive impacts, again, on, on these organizations, on the individuals and the talent and, and on their communities. So overwhelmingly, this feels like a good change. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.